Good morning, everybody, and welcome to On Texas Football Today, Coffee and Football. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of Inside Texas and On3. And guys, we're just a few days away from the Alabama game now. Of course, the AP poll going to come out about noon today after that game, I guess you could call it, last night with Clemson and Duke. We'll touch on that here in a second. But uh, what are y'all expecting as far as maybe a jump in the rankings? What, what do you think? I, I think Texas will be nine or ten. LSU lost. Clemson lost. Um, question is, does one team jump Texas? I don't think so. Notre um, Dame could. Notre Dame. They could, but that'd be getting too much credit for beating Navy for me. Um, but they could. So, but I'll, Texas will be nine or ten. I'll go with nine uh, because let's face it, the TVs want a top ten matchup. So uh, here we go. Hey, other news, Blake. Uh, uh, Cedric Baxter. Uh, is was back at practice yesterday. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian said in his press conference, uh, mm -hmm. and Alabama is gonna is questionable with two of their defensive backs starters. Actually, uh, Jalen Key, a transfer from uh, UAB, uh, that started their his first game against Middle Tennessee State, and then uh, long term backup that is now a starter, Malachi Moore, uh, who is kind of the general of their secondary a little bit, calls a lot of the, the formations and whatnot. They are day-to-day, -day, not necessarily out, though. Emmanuel Henderson, a reserve wide receiver yeah. for them, is out. Uh, and Jihad Campbell should be back in some capacity. I don't think he played much last week, if all. Um, and they're already without Devonde Smith, right? The, uh, that um, One of their top DBs that Saban calls Smitty. I think he's already been out. Uh, so they definitely got some uh, – Jihad Campbell. Jihad Campbell's obviously a will backer, but extremely talented player. But the other guys are all defensive backs. And I kind of put – I put a note on Inside Texas yesterday evening that um, – because people were saying, well, Sark's uh, term with Cedric Baxter back at practice didn't – he didn't say he went through practice. I did put a note on Inside Texas yesterday that he went through practice. He was limited, but he did go through some of practice yesterday. So he wasn't at practice in a green jersey watching. Like some people wondered if the, if Sark's use of words were uh, uh, on purpose. No, he actually went through some of the practice, just maybe not everything. And then speaking of injuries, uh, there was also some news that came out about Baylor yesterday, who Texas will face here in a couple of weeks. What were you hearing on that, Jerry? Yeah, I think what they, the reports have been MCL. We've heard that before. Now with Maurice Blackwell coming back off of his. And by the way, Blackwell, as of Saturday, was at 90 to 93% bend in his knee. So he is coming back at a good clip there. Uh, we'll see if he's available this week. I'm guessing more Wyoming, but I don't know for sure. Um, Shapin's out two to four weeks with MCL. He actually injured it early in the game. Then he got hit late in the game. Uh, so that definitely puts him in question for the Texas game, Bobby and Blake. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's back. Obviously, Sawyer Robertson is the backup for Baylor, Mississippi State transfer, and he did get his uh, uh, he got his feet wet for Baylor in that game, late in that game. But still, that's a that's a starting quarterback that Baylor's now without, and that could uh, impact the game at Baylor for Texas. I, I think they have four new starters on the offensive line. Baylor does yep. as well. Wow. Uh, so, you know, keep that, keep that in mind, uh, Jerry, uh, the reality of it is, is it, Baylor is in a situation right now where you and I have talked about this right when Matt rule left the very next year, Dave Aranda, uh, kind of took Baylor over 
and they had a whale of a, a class. I think they had eight guys drafted. Is that right? Or yeah. five or so. I can't remember the exact number, but they had a highly talented team, won the, won the Big 12 championship. Since then, you think that the, the talent level in Waco has fallen off. Is that just Matt Rule having a different style of recruiting? Yes. What is that? Yeah, I think so. I think that he recruited – look, he recruited the state of Florida. He recruited – he recruited some um, a lot of speed from areas. Um, he also recruited a different type of physicality. Um, I just think he recruited a different type of player, maybe with a little bit different chip on their shoulder. Um, and, and so I think that all those players are now gone uh, out of the Baylor program. And look, I mean, the most hated man for Texas fans right now, losing Joey McGuire was big for Dave Aranda. Joey got a lot done in recruiting for Baylor. Uh, that, and he took a couple of guys with him from that in-house recruiting department. So uh, that that hurt Baylor as well when Joey was hired at Texas Tech. Uh, so it's been a, a few things there, but it starts with Matt Rules, the type of players he was recruiting, the areas he was recruiting those guys from. Uh, there's been a little bit of a drop-off there, and I think we're really going to see it this year. Hey, Jerry, I've got a question about this next piece of information. Uh, as you see it scrolling across the swing, a screen, Dabo Sweeney and Clemson <laughs> embarrassed 28 to 7 at Duke. Uh, I will say this uh, for uh, Clemson three fumbles, one interception, and, you know, I, two or three turnovers on downs. Um, Clemson and Garrett Riley in his debut, debut as the offense coordinator, Cade Klubnick, his debut as a full time quarterback, really. Uh, what were your thoughts on that one last night? Because Clemson just – they didn't look like they could get it over the top. That was I the just, problem. I just think it's a slow decline there, and I think it's been going on for a couple of years, honestly, and I think you're seeing more of it where they just can't out-talent ev- at you at every position. The uh, Really, they could out-talent anybody but Alabama, except on the offensive line, anybody for a three-, four-, five-year period. I just don't think they're there anymore, guys. I mean, look, the reason they – one without Clemson hadn't had a first round pick on the offensive line in longer than Texas, I believe. But the reason they won is they had first round pick at quarterback, NFL guys at tailback, NFL guy at tight end, multiple NFL draft picks at wide receiver, and guys that could get down the field and make plays with the ball in their hand. I see a different team now. They ran the ball well. Uh, they had 213 yards rushing. They had 422 yards. So yeah, maybe it was the turnovers, but I just don't see. Clemson as that team and they've recruited well but they're just not the overwhelming talented team anymore for me Bobby I don't know about you no Duke has has a first round pick at quarterback that guy is a really good player yeah look I agree that Duke uh the Duke quarterback's good Mike Elko's good on defense Mm -hmm. Um, the former A&M defensive coordinator he's good on defense the reality of it is is they don't have Will Shipley's not a first round pick at running back He's not Trevor Et or Travis Etienne, right? right? Uh, Clay, Cade Klubnick is talented. He's not Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson. Correct. None of those receivers are DeAndre Hopkins. No, or or, or Sammy Watkins. Any of those guys. T Higgins. Any of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's the reality of it. The question that came in from the Texas uh, Inside Texas message board, Jerry, uh, was: Does this do anything with guys p- potentially like Corey and Gibson? And or I mean, you know, seriously, and or Bryant Wesco, the receiver out of Midlothian, does this change the perception? Because what I could what I could see happening long term 
is instead of Clemson coming to Texas and trying to pick off one or two guys, it could be Florida State because the Seminoles are going to be a hot team now, it looks like. Yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's it's been an interesting weekend because with every loss of the season, that's what we're getting. Well, can Texas flip this guy? Well, let's see how Texas does. <laughs> There's another piece to that, okay? One game, it is not going to change Corey and Gibson's mind. It's not going to work that way. Um, now, if Clemson has an eight and four season and Texas has a great season, that could be a different story. Um, uh, kids that commit to Clemson, uh, it, you know, it, it's like uh, the offensive lineman from Vandergriff last year. The kid loved Clemson. Corey Gibson loves Clemson. Um, he loves the small town. He loves Dabo. He loves the things about that program. So it's going to take more than one loss. Uh, but also, if you're the team trying to flip him, you got to go perform. If that's a big thing, and so everybody's asking, you know, hey, one loss, you know, LSU loss, what does that do for DeCorey and Moore? Well, let's see how Texas does. I mean, it, it all matters to me. It, it almost feels like Dabo's cre- com, uh, created a little bit of a cult. Yes, in Clemson, and I, and I don't mean that in the, you know, I don't mean that in the 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 Moonies or any kind of you know that kind of idea, but. It feels like it's very, you know, you're either in or out with that one. Yeah. Is what it feels like. And so those those situations can be fleeting for sure. Hey guys, in the second half, Clemson didn't punt or score the entire second half. That's a they, great they turned the ball over. I mean, they they three drives with fumbles, one with an interception. They they just turned the ball over. I don't know that that's gonna carry Garrett Riley. I will say this, Blake and Jerry. Garrett Riley is is a really good offense coordinator. They only had one three and out. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm gonna. Somebody said a, a blowout to Duke is different than LSU losing to Florida State. Jerry, what I'm saying is one loss. Everybody's acting like one loss and a kid's suddenly gonna flip. It doesn't work that way, guys. Yeah, it, it just doesn't work in a one game vacuum. It doesn't work that way in recruiting. Yeah. Now, and I, I will say a huge win. Point, yeah. He loses to North Carolina. He loses to That's Florida different. State. All exactly. of a sudden, they're looking at eight and four, seven and five. Why am I going to Clemson, South Carolina from Dallas, Fort Worth? Yeah. That happens. Well, speaking of recruiting, guys, there's a big recruitment coming up this week for the Longhorns as Zena is going to announce. We've gotten some questions about that. So, Jerry, can you run down the latest on what you're hearing and what to expect? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I have an RPM in for Texas. I haven't moved off of that. Um, uh, Not a lot of picks across the industry on this one. We've had three come in for Texas at on three. Um, One from the Oklahoma site, one from national analyst Sam Spiegelman, all for Texas. Um, We'll see what he does. Texas, I think this has been Texas recruitment to lose for a while with A&M and Oklahoma recruiting him throughout the summer like this was still a recruitment that could go either way. He was at AM late in July. Obviously, he was in Austin Saturday. He was wearing his brother's Texas jersey um, for the game Saturday. He was with his uh, uh, other his brother Zicky, I think, or Zilky. Um, so I, I Texas recruitment to lose. This one would surprise me if it didn't go Texas way. I've been surprised before. Somebody asked about Wardell Mack in the comments. Wardell Mack, um, uh, he did not make it into Austin uh, this last weekend. There you go. All right, guys, before we move on, uh, yesterday we missed a Super Chat. Well, we didn't miss it. It just came in right whenever we were leaving. So I want to go ahead and get to that before we forget. It's from Parker Allred. 
And he said, uh, he's curious to hear y'all's thoughts. Quinn played the best during the two biggest hype games last year, meaning Bama and OU. Is he one of those guys who plays up to his competition level? Um, I, I don't know that. I, I don't know that to be true. I, I don't sense that. And I, I thought he had an uneven start to that to the OU game, by the way. I, I don't know that. Has he had a strong start to any game, Jerry? Y'all remember, a other than Alabama, last year, do we remember Quinn having a strong start to any game? Think about that. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about it, so I don't know that. I, I think he may be a slow starter more than anything. Just, just uh, what I've seen. I guess he was hot. Was he hot against Oklahoma State, or was it the run game that really got on top of Oklahoma State early? I, I think I think I think what Quinn sees, he gets better as the game progresses. I think Kansas State first half. Yeah, that's fair. Washington, I don't know about Washington. Eh. Both, I, I I think that was about mid range. But I I I, I kind of wonder about Quinn. I don't think he plays up to his competition though, Parker. I, I think that it's I think he's in the process of learning, and he's learning in front of a hundred thousand people in the stands. And a million at home. This is what it looks like. Yeah. That, that, that's that, you know, Brian Irwin on the lunch with the coach yesterday. He, people mistook that as him having this huge critique of Quinn and he's got to do this. Those are all coaching points that Steve Sarkeesian and AJ Milwee are pointing out. And Quinn does it right sometimes and not right sometimes. They're, the coaches are wanting him to do it right 95% of the time, right? That's the reality of it. We're watching him develop in real time. People want a finished product. He's not a finished product, period. Um, and that, that's going to be a situation that could end up costing Texas some games this year, frankly. I mean, we, we think that's very, very possible. But as the year wears on, he should get more uh, acclimated, more understanding, have a better feel for it the more he sees these kind of Defenses. I will say that I think Rice surprised Texas a little bit with their defensive fronts. And Steve Sarkeesian yesterday in his press conference, Jerry and Blake went. I, it was clear to me not happy with the offensive line, Jerry. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, and uh, he was almost a little pissed. It felt like to me, it, it, it wasn't the jovial Steve Sarkeesian. No, it was not. And, and I think the thing that probably him flood the staff that they have to address most. It's one thing to have a busted assignment that happens in football. Um, but they didn't come out there and hit rice in the mouth with the physicality that they have to play with going to Tuscaloosa. Now it's a great week to be coaching offensive linemen. If you're Kyle flood and Sarkeesian, because you can say that was Saturday and y'all have to step it up big time. If y'all come to Tuscaloosa with that level of physicality, y'all are going to get knocked into the quarterback the whole game. It's a great week for coaching points for Texas, but they have to play much more physical on the offensive line. And part of that, Bobby, maybe in the case of a DJ Campbell, maybe first start thinking too much instead of just reacting and playing. And if you're thinking too much, it's going to be hard to be as physical of a player as you naturally are. And while we're on the subject of offensive line, guys, I want to go ahead and just jump over to this question from Zone Petty. He's or Zane Petty. I'm sorry. He says, "When will we get an update on Hudson and DJ's health for Saturday? 
I think we need to take our lumps with DJ getting experience before we hit the SEC next year. Your thoughts? It was his first. It was his first start. I mean, he's learning in front of everybody else too. You know, I, I think that um, I do not think he had a good game. I don't think Hayden Connor had a good game. Uh, in fact, you know, Steve Sarkeesian was pretty specific. He per, I think he purposely only mentioned Christian Jones. Yeah. As having a good line, good game on the offensive line. So that tells me when you single out one out of five, he's probably not real happy with the other four. <laughs> that, that that's, that's a, that's a coach speak answer of, okay, one guy did well. We need the other four to step up. Yeah. You, you, Jerry, do you read that? Same oh, yeah, of- 100%. 100%. Because, I mean, look, Kelvin Banks is a great player. He didn't play at All-American level Saturday. He didn't. Hey, he, he did mention – hey, one thing we need to add to this, Jerry, he talked about the need – Steve Sarkeesian talked about the need for more physicality. That was the number one thing for me. Yeah, and I agree with him. And here's the here's the real question. Does Neto Umiozulu give that to you? Yes. Okay, does Cole Hudson give it to you over DJ Campbell? Maybe not, but Cole may be quicker um, in, in diagnosing stuff. Right. That's the real question. That is the real question. That, that's kind what, of my when question. When Steve Sarkeesian says he wants more physicality, yeah. does that mean a lineup change? Yeah. And yeah. is it possible? The answer is we don't know. It's possible, but we don't know the actual solution yet. I, I just uh, I posted a story in Inside Texas this morning. I put five most important players for Texas Saturday against Bama, and Jake Majors was my number one. Um, and and I hate to put it all a lot on Jake Majors, but he's the most exper- he's an experienced offensive center. Um, it was he at twenty seven starts. I have to look back um, at, at at the story. Um, he has a lot on his plate Saturday, guys. It's going to be loud. You're not. There's times where you're not going to be able to hear. You have to be able to communicate pre-snap. Um, he has a lot on his plate. He's got. He's still going to. He's got to look to his right and look to his left at the guards. And he's going to have some inexperience there compared to his experience, more than likely. He's got to. He's got to be great pre-snap Saturday because everybody. You know, I know everybody's like it's all on Quinn. The quarterback has to play well. You know, he holds the keys, but somebody's got to snap the keys to the quarterback before he has a chance to hold the keys. And if Texas does not play well up front, I don't care who the the pocket passing quarterback is at Texas. It ain't going to go well. Hey, Jerry, I just got this note from Joe Cook uh, on Inside Texas. If you're not a subscriber to Inside Texas, uh, please consider one. But I want to I want to read this to you guys. Clemson losing essentially guarantees this will be a top 10 matchup. What was the last top 10 matchup Texas had on the road between two top 10 teams? Yeah, that, that's a great question for the fans because we know the answer. And I just, yes. I almost just had my second spill of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I will be honest with you. I, I think, uh, I think uh, Curtis Brown may have had one too. It was Michael Crabtree game on the road at Tech the last game road true road game uh i don't think that's including the texas ou matchups but long story short uh texas uh going to bama if it's a two top 10 team first time for the longhorns uh since 2008 uh to be wow. one of two teams on the road 
15 years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we got a lot more questions, uh, a lot of time for questions, so be sure to get those in. Bobby, before we get to more, I want you to tell everybody about the sponsor today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the sponsor for today is Bird Dogs. Uh, Bird Dogs, they have these uh, nifty mugs. If you actually buy a uh, anything from Bird Dogs right now, you actually get a free uh, Hydro Flask-like gift uh, with purchase. Uh, go to birddogs.com forward slash on Texas or use promo code on Texas. Uh, Jerry, myself, Blake, even Rod, we've gotten some uh, stuff from them. And guys, it's one of Jerry's favorite shirts now. The, uh, shorts, the shorts are awesome, guys. Yeah, they are. Oh, they, my gosh, my favorite shorts. <laughs> They're good stuff. Anyways, uh, one, one of the things we talked about is we're not going to do ads on people we don't actually use or think are good people, etc. Bird Dogs has high, fine quality uh, gear. Uh, I love their shirts in particular. I like the khakis um, because they look kind of like they're dressy, but they're actually not too dressy, but they're also not, they're not stiff like normal khakis. If you get my point, uh, go to birddogs.com forward slash on Texas or use promo code on Texas uh, for bird dogs. But remember, you get a free purchase or free gift with any purchase. Hey, hey Blake, has somebody asked any word on Trey Johnson's basketball visit? Sark after dark, you don't have to bring up the question. I'll address it real quick. Texas knocked that one out of the park. He's still got Baylor scheduled late in the month. I think I look. I think Texas is in a good spot right now. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think Texas is in a good spot with Trey Johnson. They also had Curtis Givens and Josiah Mosley, two of the top prospects in the country, in over the weekend. Uh, Givens is a point guard out of Memphis. I think that's Georgia Tech, where Damon Stoudemire is now the head coach, a point guard coach in Texas. I, I I'm not sure he goes to Memphis and Josiah Mosley's Texas USC's got some other visits, but he'll he'll probably end up at one of those two. All right. Well guys, let's get back to the O line for a minute because we got a lot of questions about that. Uh Brad Chesney says, are you expecting lineup changes for the starters at the guard positions this week? I do. I think it was bad enough and the physicality was not not ideal that we're going to see changes. What will those changes be? I think it may depend on practice this week. Like, are they going to, if, if, and some injuries, where's Cole Hudson in this process right now? Yeah. He, he was held out on Saturday. Is DJ Campbell back full go? Because he was wearing a boot on Sunday. Now, yeah. it's a precautionary type situation, but still, it's not 100%. A 345-pounder, not 100%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, Neto, based on what I saw, he made a I, – I went back and looked at all of the fourth quarter, and he played the entire fourth quarter, by the way. Um, he made one what I would call mental error on, on of the whole thing, but was probably the most physical of all interior linemen. Okay. DJ Campbell was the second most, in my opinion, even though DJ Campbell looked like he wasn't real comfortable out there at times. Uh, you know, that plus the idea that that they need to pick up different blitzes. Uh, I just don't know that uh, I, I do think there's going to be changes. I don't know what they will be yet. I, I want to hear uh, some behind the scenes stuff from practice, Brad. Dr. Brad Chesney, by the way, friend of mine. <laughs> And then this one from Bobby Brown, he says, do you guys think the O-line is good enough on short yardage to just pinch in and bully people and just push them back? They're big enough for sure. They won't be against Alabama. 
I mean, because Alabama's got a 365-pound nose guard. <laughs> Good luck bullying him. Uh, maybe you chip him, maybe you double team him, et cetera. But um, I, I, I do think that uh, they need to be better on fourth and short, Jerry. Uh, came up twice uh, empty. Uh, one time Quinn threw a poor pass to JT Sanders. The other time it just didn't block the backside. And Jonathan, Jonathan Brooks may not have hit the hole fast enough. He was trying to run it like a regular run play instead of a dive play. Yeah. Um, look, based on last week, no, is my answer. But like I said, it's a great week to coach. If, uh, Texas is come out going to come out on the offensive line with a different physicality than they had against Rice. They is better. That enough, is that enough to push to win the line of scrimmage against Alabama's front seven? We'll see. But I can say this. If they come out with a different level of physicality against Bama than what you saw against Rice, and that carries over to the rest of the season, they're going to push around a lot of Big 12 teams. I agree. That you, Jerry, what Jerry's talking about is it's mental improvement. Right, Jerry? That's yeah. what you're really getting at, and I love it. I mean, I think that, you know, they spent all offseason hitting each other. Now they need to go learn to hit other people in the mouth. Uh, let's talk about Bama's offensive line. Jason Trimble says, I know you guys are all down on Texas now, but why not talk about Bama's offensive line? They didn't grade out well, and uh, Middle Tennessee State defensive line had success in the first half. This needs more attention. I, I get So here's my thing. I don't read PFF, nothing against their work. I don't know what people are saying, how they graded. But I will say this, Jalen Milrose three deep balls, he had a chance to order a burger, a pizza, eat them both, and then decide to throw the ball down the field. I'm just saying they're young. They can be had. Any offensive line, this is they're not as experienced and maybe talented eight across the board as Alabama as offensive lines were in some of their great teams. But both of their tackles are future first round picks. Well, even though Caden Proctor's a freshman, and Tyler Booker, if he's not a first round pick, he's going to be a second round pick. They got three dudes, and and Jalen Miller on all his deep balls literally had time. Got it. But I don't I I don't know how people would say they graded out for the entire game. Um, but I do know they're they're talented up front. Well, talking about the deep ball, uh, Corey Pennington says, "Can Ewers' deep ball accuracy be corrected in one week? Those deep balls are critical to beating Bama." I think there's too many things. I think there's too many too many items for it to be corrected uh, all in one week. Um, you have to you have to try to do it piecemeal. Uh, Sark, by the way, on the rewind show, uh, Jerry, you saw this. Uh, it kind of defended Quinn a little bit in post game, or excuse me, on Monday and in the rewind show. Tell people what you heard from him in that rewind show. Yeah, I, I thought he he thought. He said one wide receiver on one of those plays did not run the correct route. Um, and then the offensive line issues in pass protection, he, he hit on multiple times. And look, the way I look at the deep ball, if you're a pocket passing quarterback and there's pressure up the middle, everybody expects, oh, just step into that throw. Well, if there's a free blitzer coming at you, though, you aren't stepping into those throws. I, I mean, if you are, you're kind of an idiot. Um, the, the issue then becomes if Alabama, this to me, this is kind of what it's going to come down to. If Alabama gets pressure up the middle, 
then that that's going to keep Quinn in Texas from being able to really throw the ball down the field in the vertical game on deep shots. I, to me, that's the key because Quinn is a pocket passer, Bobby, and and that that's just the key is if you have a pocket passer and and, and a t- the opponent can get pressure up the middle, it negates what you can do with deep ball down the field because your timing's just not going to be there. Hey Jerry, I want to. Well, by the way, Sark also thought they should have had two PI calls. On well, words right and words he's right, Mitchell. and he said part of a, part of throwing the deep ball. He said everybody looks at the completion, but he said we're also trying to get the fifteen yard pi call at times. There you go. All right, Sawyer W has the question. He says Quinn uh, evidently never had an accurate deep ball, even in high school. So how did he get his five star rating if he didn't have that ability? Seems like because of his arm strength, he was given a pass on accuracy. Yeah, I mean, I saw the guy play th- multiple times in high school, and I and he he dropped dimes on, down the field. So I mean, I didn't I did not see that. More time, he had more time, Jerry. Well, but that's the thing: high school football, you're, you're able to just step into every throw. It's different. Great point. All right, guys, I'm going to take one from the Inside Texas Forums. This one from Dylan C10. He says, what should we expect number-wise out of Quinn this weekend, in y'all's opinion? I would say 65% passing puts Texas in a, gives Texas a chance to win the game. Anything less than that, I think Texas is going to struggle because running the ball against Alabama is unlikely. So they need to move the ball uh, – He's probably going to have an interception or a turnover. So something like two to one or three to one TD to interception ratio. And Texas has a chance to win the game. 65%. Jerry, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I think so. I think the look and one of the other thing going into this game, somebody's asking about Jalen Catalan's health. I've not heard of a health issue with Jalen Catalan. I think Texas got his feet wet and they're saving him for the rest of the season, guys. Uh, Alabama is a critical game to have Jalen Catalan. Um, here's the thing too, with Quinn, everybody said, well, you got to go through your your progressions. This is a two progression game. You aren't going to sit there and have three and four progressions against Alabama. Not going to happen. So Sark's got to scheme it really well. Quinn's got to move from one to two really quickly and then get the ball out. If he's holding the ball too long, he's going to get sacked in this game, in my opinion. So it's a two-progression game. It's going to be schemed that way. Quinn's got to move from his first to his second quickly. And if those aren't there, you got to get the ball out. I just don't think you're going to have time to sit there and scan a field and go through progressions, Bobby, in this game. Other games? Yes, not this one. RPO game. Yep, no doubt. It's just tailor-made for it. I'm going to take Jordan, Jordan Whittington and A.D. Mitchell and J.T. Sanders and the running backs have to play sharp. Okay, not just the quarterback. Those receivers have to win. They win. That Texas has a shot. They don't. Texas is going. To, it's going to be a long night in Tuscaloosa. No doubt. All right. This other one from the Inside Texas Forums is from Daniel on. I'm just going to say Daniel O. Make it a lot easier. He says, just wondering about Keelan Robinson's role in this offense, if any. His receptions increased last year, but carries continued to diminish. Does Jaden Blue take his offensive snaps this season as he seemingly did versus Rice and leave Keelan mainly, mainly as a special teamer? 
and which running back adds the most value in third down pass situations versus Bama? Um, I think, well, look, I, I think Keelan's role expands uh, out of the backfield in the game like this. Uh, I, I think Texas did not have to use these guys um, like they will in other games this season against Rice. Um, for me, you know, Jaden Blue had success uh, against Rice. It's a different animal against Alabama running between the tackles. So we'll see. I think Keelan Robinson's experience will give him an edge in that in this game. But I do think he'll be used more out of the backfield um, than he was against Rice this season. I'll say that. Bobby? I, I feel like Jaden Blue's emergence as a runner could hamper uh, Keelan Robinson's exposure in this offense long term. Um, so I, I'm not sure exactly where it is yet. I, I know he's going to be using the return game and the punt block game, uh, but I think it's TBD to be determined based on Jaden Blue's. Because Jaden Blue, I thought Jaden Blue. Let's 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 put this out there. Two different teams, Rice and Washington. Okay, Keelan right. Robinson got a lot of carries against Washington. I don't remember a lot of broken tackles. Correct or tack yards after contact for Keelan Robinson. I recall Jaden Blue getting yards after contact against Rice. So, you know, how do you mix and match those two? I think it's it, – I don't think there's snaps, an adequate number of snaps for both of those guys. You, you, you leave too much on the field, especially if Cedric Baxter – That's the healthy. key. That's the whole key, Bobby. You just brought up the point I was going to make. This discussion is only discussion because Baxter got hurt. If, if Baxter's healthy, then it's him and Brooks. I think that's pretty obvious at running with, back. Yeah, with Blue or Robinson as the third guy. Right. Well, hey, when they ran a screen Saturday, they ran it for Keelan. Oh, it, well, Jonathan Brooks scored on one. Right. Although it was a throwback. And, and the other thing is with Blue, here's the other thing with Blue. There's a part of this that – must be talked about. Sarkeesian mentioned three guys in pass protection. Uh, so Blue's got to – he's got to keep step, stepping up. Um, it, Blue is not one of those mentioned in fall camp in pass protection. He's got to keep stepping up. Get more physical, keep stepping up. Okay, guys, we got some super chats that we need to knock out real quick. Uh, you know, you talked about Wesco and Gibson earlier, Jerry, and but we've also had lots of Hudson questions. Uh, Pocasino says, hook them all day, and we're getting lots of Hudson questions. I heard on a Tech podcast before he took his visit that his girlfriend was going to Tech, and he wanted to be with her. Have you heard anything about that? Well, I, you know, I don't know. Is she going to Wyoming now? Um, oh, come <laughs> on, Jerry. I mean, You're I brutal. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that, that she might want more altitude uh and go to wyoming or something but uh now look i we'll see what happens with my guys here's the thing he hasn't cut off communication with texas or multiple uh teams that uh, my whole key with hudson I've, I've been saying this there's some chatter that he wants he would announce potentially an all-america game first week in january every other kid has peeled off of that timeline if hudson was the one guy to stick to that timeline that's not good for tech for me that that's just too much time to have the target on your back in recruiting no doubt about it 
right. And then another one, we have another super chat from Jimmy Trevino. He says, I'm getting a feeling that the kicking game is going to be key once again this year. Last year, it was extremely crucial and was one area we lost in. Yeah, I look, I, I thought the kicking and punting game is going to be improved over last year. Um, I, I think that for three reasons. Um, Bert Auburn's a year more experience. His leg's gotten stronger to me since last year. 56-yarder, he had the distance. He missed it three feet left. Uh, I don't know what the wind condition was at that time, by the way. But from 45 to 48, 49, uh, he looks dependable to me and stronger leg. Will Stone's got a stronger leg on kickoffs. And Sanborn's a, a huge upgrade at punter. So I think the kicking game's in really good hands. And I also think that's a controlled kicking game. I think uh, you've seen Will Stone maybe control the ball, try to make the, uh, the opponent have a decision to make on the two, three, four-yard line instead of just kicking it into the end zone. I, I think if you have a kicker that can control the ball in the kickoff game, you can force some decisions in the kicking game in the return game. And I think Sanborn, he, he, while he's going to, he, what he averaged 45 Saturday per punt, he's going to average more than 41, 42 that he did in the moist weather grass in the Marine layer over at Stanford uh, in the North Northern part of California. He's going to average more per punt at Texas, but I think he's also experienced enough to control it. I think kicking and punting's in good hands, Bobby. I definitely think, you know, in a, talking to Brian Irwin about this on uh, yesterday on lunch with the coach, I, I feel like very positive about him uh, right now, Burt Auburn, uh, and what he did uh, against, uh, against Rice on Saturday. Brian pointed out that the first field goal was a chip shot, right? Yeah. But the, the next two were all in the mid-40s to high-40s, okay. okay? Those aren't gimmies. Now, furthermore, he misses those. It stays a one-score game instead of sixteen to three at half, or, or thirteen to three at half, or what sixteen to three at half. So it it stays, and so there's a little bit of pressure uh, in, involved with that. So uh, I actually think that that the kicking game is good. Uh, I think the idea that you're going to get one over on Alabama though in the return game is just kind of fallacy. It's it's just a it's going to be hard unless you block a punt or something. Because they have Alabama has as good of athletes as anybody running down the field covering kicks and punts. Maybe it happens, but it would be a I don't want to say a fluke because Texas has good players, but that just doesn't really happen very often to a team like Alabama who has elite talent across the board. Um, hey guys, before we get going, we're gonna bring in a guest, but first I want to explain, I want to tell you guys about uh the promo that we have at Inside Texas right now. Uh Right now, we are doing a special offer, $1 for two months at Inside Texas. Get all of the uh, Alabama uh, info you need, behind the scenes, whatever you want. Uh, go to InsideTexas.com, $1 for two months. Here's the key, though. You have to use promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. Two months for just $1. You have to select the monthly offer as well. All right. Hey, Blake, I want to introduce uh, some yeah. Texas fans to this guy. We've got a special guest coming in here. Uh, his name uh, is Tim Watts. Uh, Tim is Mr. Bama 
Uh, <laughs> if, hey, Tim, uh, you got people... your helmet and pads on? I'm coming after you. Let's do oh, this. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm in hostile territory right now. <laughs> you you are. You I've are, been there one, Hey, I've been there one-on-one with Bobby. I've been there one-on-one with Jerry. I've never had a group of y'all gang up on me. So I feel like... <laughs> yeah, good luck beating this double bonus. coverage. Good luck beating this Andrew Bone and Travis Ryder right now. This doesn't seem fair. <laughs> hey, Tim, I want to... Tim, for those who don't know, uh, Tim is the uh, publisher uh, of Bama Online. Uh, the on three uh, site for uh, the University of Alabama, the largest Alabama site in the market. Uh, uh, Tim, we have some questions for you. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Let's sure. start with Jalen Milrow. Uh, I think the Alabama quarterback position is the one that Texas fans focused on in the preseason uh, because we didn't know who it was going to be. He goes out and has a workmanlike performance as a thrower. Uh, including a couple of big deep balls, but as a runner, I mean, who does he looks a little bit like Jalen Hurts to me with the power and the speed. What 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 are you thinking and what are you seeing from Jalen Milrow? Has he taken that next step in his second year, getting some serious time uh, behind center? Well, you know, he's put in a really tough situation last year, kind of thrown in there. You had the whole season planned around Bryce Young and. You get him in there in a few games in a bad situation. I thought he handled the pressure at Arkansas really well. They didn't look great uh, as far as passing the ball and being consistent, but they had three long runs. A lot of that was keyed on his running ability. It's the best we've seen him look at Alabama. And, of course, he spent a whole summer, pre, you know, spring and everything, getting a lot of the first-team snaps for the first time. And, obviously, Bryce Young took all those last year. But I was impressed with this game. I mean, of course, it's not the same level – player that we're going to see against Texas in the SEC schools, but I thought he was really composed. His first touchdown pass, he stood in there. He saw a big hit coming. He stood in there and threw a ball. He had three deep balls, I think, that were really nice. He had another they called a pass interference on that I thought was just going to be his best ball of the day. They grabbed the wide receiver. I think that was a touchdown, but his composure, there was a bobble snap where he picked it up and does what he does. I mean, I don't think his athleticism is questionable by anybody, but how well and how consistent he was going to throw the ball was the big question. And I think he, you know, the first step was a good step. How, how good is he as a runner? Cause that's really what scares text. I mean, he, he, you're going to, guys are going to get open. Guys are going to be able to, to, to be there, but how good is he as a runner? Is he Jalen hurts type guy? I mean, what, what are your thoughts? AJ Jefferson at Arkansas. I yeah. think similar. I think he's faster than Jalen hurts. I mean, he like, I mean, it's a crazy comparison. I know Bobby and Jerry will get it, but he kind of looks like Adrian Peterson to me when he's running. <laughs> he's got an upright style. When, like, I saw him and he was in one of those sweat. You know, his his shirt was like, you know, tight on him because he was working out. And I remember seeing AD with no shirt. It's a very similar. I mean, obviously, I know in the that's hallowed ground in y'all's area, but he's a big, strong, fast guy. A little bit upright. Uh, if you see that bobble snap, they had a bad snap. He picked it up, went left, cupped the middle, went right, and just turned on the Jets. He's a fast runner. I'm not saying he's Adrian Peterson for the record, but I'm saying he's fast and he's big and he's strong. Hey, hey, who, hey, oh, go ahead, Jerry. Hey, uh, on the offensive line, um, Tim, obviously people know J.C. Latham, uh, going to be a first-round pick. Tyler Booker's a tremendous guard. I mean, the best set of, set of shoulders, seeing him at the Under Armour <laughs> game in camps. I mean, now he's – there's broad and then there's Tyler Booker broad, yeah. but talk about Caden Proctor starting left tackle as a true freshman at Alabama. Hasn't been done a lot, right? No. 
Not at all. I mean, that's a big kid. I mean, he's coming in number one offensive tackle. I think that's what Charles Power had him ranked last year. Uh, local guy committed to Iowa for most of the recruiting process. He's came in as good as advertised. I mean, they tried other people at the left tackle position. A lot of there was a lot of talk, or at least amongst us, that maybe Latham swings over to left and then Proctor moves right. That's that natural progression to get him in there. But no, I think Eric Wolford has a thousand percent confidence in Proctor. He's certainly got the ability, and now he's learning on the job. You know, all of a sudden he's going to be picking up bandits from Texas and in the SEC. So we're going to see exactly how good he is, but he has the traits. He's got the pedigree you're looking for walking into that. And like you said, it's rare air at Alabama for that to happen. They've had some really good tackles. Hey, we have a question here from our comments, Bobby, before you get to another question, what's your biggest concern about Alabama after week one right now? Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Oh, that's all I thought was for Bobby. No, no, that's true. <laughs> Bobby has a lot of concerns about Bammy. No, he's scared of Bobby. Like, what are 40 you, to nothing. What are his concerns? <laughs> I think for me, the biggest concern was, and I don't know if it's a concern, but I expected them to be able to establish the run more. I didn't see a lot of push. I think we probably discussed, and y'all probably discussing that about Texas as well. Yes. I expected a push. I expected more of the running game. Now, part of that, I think middle was kind of that, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us pass, in which they did. That's why I think we saw more deep balls. And I would guess they didn't really plan to, to show the arsenal as much, but they were sneaking guys up in that box. So that push is the first thing that jumps out to me, just getting those tough yards. They got a few short yardage gains, which were an issue last year, third and one and third and two. They did well there. But just establishing that run and letting those guys, you know, get out and showcase their ability, I didn't see that as much as I expected. Let me ask you this, Tim. You're the Texas defensive coordinator. How do you how do you defend Alabama? Do you do you uh, try to blitz uh, uh, Jalen Milrow? Do you try to spy him? What do you try to do? I don't think you can spy him so much. There's not going to be many athletes that are going to be in the middle of the field chasing him left or right. What I do is that kind of containment that we've seen before with freaky athletes, where those guys on the left and right end are making sure he's not running and getting outside. And then when they get a chance, they rush him. You know what I mean? They just, you know, I'm sure there's a term for that. They just, you know, sit there contained and there's a chance chase him down. I mean, obviously they're going to guard him. You know, you got to pick your poison. I don't think it's as easy as just make Alabama run. Same thing I'd say against, you know, most schools that way. I don't think it's easy to just say make Alabama run because they've got some really fast wide receivers. They're going to work their way open. If I'm Texas, I definitely want to make them run more than pass, though. I mean, pass more than run, though. That would be my first goal. 
take that wait-and-see approach, make him beat us passing, have a game plan, a backup plan. If Jalen's out there, you know, wheeling and dealing, you'll have to adjust a little bit, try to make make them uh, force the run. Speaking with Tim Watts of BamaOnline.com. Tim, you know, we've been doing this a long time. How's, how good is this Bama defense in your your time covering them? I mean, they they on paper, they look pretty salty. Uh, they they apparently are day-to-day with two starters in the secondary. Uh, how good is the Bama D? I think it's good. I mean, when you, you know, you're talking about the, especially, the, you know, Alabama's defense notoriously has been good over the years. And any Alabama team under save, when you go back to that, you know, that 11-12, that group that was just phenomenal. They're obviously, nope, I don't know. It's hard to be at that level, but I think it's a good group. They had talent. I felt they had talent last year. I mean, obviously, they had some guys drafted, plus he's got the players coming back. What I think I saw more from the Alabama defense, I know I saw it, was the discipline and the calmness that I didn't see last year as much. There were a lot of times the ball, we're five or six seconds from the snap, and there was a lot of screaming and talking and pointing and figuring out what that play is. And this game, and of course, this game is a little different pace. You know, it's not – you know, it's not the SEC, it's not Texas, even though it was a good football team. They were calm, not many penalties, not a lot of grabs these on balls down the field and that kind of stuff. And I, that's kind of what you expected with Kevin Steele, a calming influence, and they were, you know, more relaxed. But talent-wise, of course, they've got talent. I mean, you can pick those guys and go across the field, and most of them, you know, they're going to be like Texas. They're going to have four stars and up, and even the three stars are going to be guys that – that they probably if they're on that field, they're a four star up. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's just pretty much the way it is at Alabama and Texas. Hey Tim, somebody's asking in the comments section: Is did Kool Aid McKinstry get a targeting? Is he out for the first half? Has that been addressed? I don't know the answer to that. So obviously he, he uh, received. He didn't give. He received a target. Okay. Um, he was returning a punt. I don't. It wasn't head to head, but the guy came across and hit him. It looked head to head. The guy. I don't think the guy was tossed out. It was more of a Cross body, uh, cross body hit, but he's expected to play. Okay. What, what about the two the two defensive backs, Jalen Key and Malachi Moore, uh, I, and who are their backups? I haven't really heard a lot. You know, we got freshmen coming in there. I mean, Earl Little's a guy that could fill in for Malachi, um, or either of them actually. He's a guy that could come into play. Malachi walked through the tunnel for what's that worth. Saban hasn't said a whole lot, but he's not going. I don't think. Uh, till later in the week, he was walking through the tunnel. So I don't know if they were checking for a concussion or what, but I haven't heard anything further on the updates. Got it. All right. Uh, Tim Watts of Bama online. Uh, do we have any other questions from uh, any of the, uh, the readers or listeners out there, Jerry? That you We've had some to- Caleb Downs uh, questions about just how good Caleb Downs is. Look, I, Tim, I think Caleb Downs is a star. I yeah. don't think he's the normal freshman. His father's a deep. I think his father's on the Middle Tennessee staff, correct? Yes. Yeah, he's a tax coach, right? That so, he, the, well, the one thing I'll say, sorry to interrupt you, Jerry. No, you know, Jerry I know Jerry got excited because now we're talking recruiting. Basically. That's right. But Caleb, he is. I mean, he's right there. I mean, my benchmark for Alabama secondary guys, and there's plenty to pull from. I always talk about Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I'm talking – you know, when that kid, you know, when I talked to Mink and he said, yeah, I'm going to Bama, playing three years, going first round, getting a degree, winning the national championship. He didn't go, sure, kid, everybody's going to do that. You said, yeah, he's going to do it. You know what I mean? You got enjoy him. You know, he's got three years. I think Caleb is cut from that mold as almost a professional athlete coming through the high school. I mean, his film studies legendary. You know, he's on visits at Alabama. He's trying to sit in with the coaches meetings and all that. And physically, he's got a ton of talent. His brother – 
who played in North Carolina was a heck of a football player. Yes. Um, he was a heck of a football player. So, yeah, I agree. He's he's one of those special guys. And, uh, you know, he's got everything, plus he seems to have it between the ears, which is a huge advantage. Hey, Tim, before we let you go, got to ask you this. Sure. Give us your prediction for Saturday's game. <laughs> no, it's, I'm terrible with predictions, but I'm going to go. Great, give it to us then. <laughs> I'm going to go Bama 31, Texas 26. Gotcha. I do gotcha. think it's a competitive game. I love last year's game. I mean, I know it wasn't a pretty game, but it was a, I thought it was a really, really good game overall. Fun game. I'm excited to have Alabama play in Texas. I know the Alabama fans are. I mean, this is last year. I don't know if Texas fans were aware of this. There wasn't a lot. Alabama's schedule was very odd. They didn't get really any of their best opponents at home. So when they were hosting somebody, it was Auburn who was going through a coaching change, Texas A&M who's in the middle of a bad season to have a, have a legitimate top 10, top five team coming into Tuscaloosa uh, on a Saturday night with visitors and everything. I mean, this fan base will be really excited to host you guys. I, I got to say this. It's the first time a Texas team has traveled to Tuscaloosa in 121 years. Why y'all been so scared? We, we let y'all, what's the, why y'all scared a little Little old Alabama, we we got hotels. Come on, hey we're, hey, we're excited, man. I know the Alabama fans are pumped up about Texas. Haven't you would have thought they'd have played more over the course of history for real, but it just hasn't. You know, it just really hasn't happened that often. You know, I agree. Hey, 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 by the way, they're charging two thousand dollars a night at a couple of hotels and. Uh, Tuscaloosa. So they definitely know Texas is coming to town, baby. Charge up, charge okay. up. Full money. Hey, that's that's y'all's rate. When I go in, it's like $162. <laughs> I just got to show my state license, my uh, my license on my car. They're like, oh, you're good. Uh, surge pricing of Uber at the uh, hotels right now in uh, oh, Tuscaloosa. Man. Oh, man, that'll be crazy. All right, Tim. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on and we'll uh, let you get back to your day. And for everybody, go check out BamaOnline.com. Check out Tim's work and uh, get all the the latest coverage on Texas and Alabama coming up this Saturday. He is a great guy, a great guy to listen to, uh, fun guy to be around. Tim, Tim and I kind of came up in the business at similar times. It's funny, we've been football fields, basketball gyms together. We've had so many great conversations over the years. Uh, loved him to death, man. Uh, I wanted to address Corey Gibson one more time. We've had a lot of questions yeah. come in about Duke beating Clemson. Does that affect anything with Corey Gibson? My stance is going to remain the same. Let's see what happens the rest of the year. If Clemson goes 10-2, and two, probably not. If, they, if this is a different season, then we'll see what happens. But Texas also has to go out and perform on the field as well. No doubt about it. All right, guys, we got some more super chats. We've got to catch up on real quick. This one from Tim Salinas. He says, can Texas get to the edge versus Bama in the run game? It's a good question. No, <laughs> no would be my answer. That don't, don't expect to run outside on a team that features the speed of Alabama. Uh, you gotta, you gotta hit them quick. Um, so I, I just don't see that. Um, I, I, I think the outside, the edge run plays are actually going to turn into quick passing game. That's going to be your run game outside the tackles. Absolutely great point. Completely agree. Get Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, A.D. Mitchell involved there. Let Jordan Whittington be a running back after the catch around the line. If he can make the question, get five yards, it's a win. 
the question here that I have for everybody, okay, is how how many how much are they going to go empty on Saturday? Empty formation. Whew. I know Rod, we're going to talk about that tonight on the live stream, and I know he loves that. To me, it all comes down in Sark's confidence in the offensive line. Got it. You, you got to take chances. Um, and I, I think that if Alabama does have a weak spot right now, it's probably at linebacker in the secondary. And I say that only in the secondary because you've got some, some new faces back there and they may have some guys that are out. You got to accentuate that. If, it, if at all possible. At the same time, it exposes your quarterback. I get it. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes, but maybe the recipe. We'll, we'll see exactly what Steve Sarkeesian has in store because one thing I will tell you, I don't think Steve Sarkeesian's trotting out the same type of offense we saw against uh, Rice. There's going to be some tweaks that he tries to pull. There's going to be so much pre-snap motion. People are going to be wondering when the pre-snap motion is going to stop. In my opinion. <laughs> hey, speaking of the offense, uh, we got a couple of questions that just came in. So I'm going to get to those real quick. Jerry C says, do you think we could see more hurry up offense this game? I think you're just, you're going to see a couple of tempo drives. Uh, but now I think it also depends on how the game is going. Right. I mean, you don't just tempo the tempo necessarily depends on if you did your defense get off, just have a three and out and get off the field quick then maybe you see tempo come right back at Bama. If your defense was just on the field for 11, 11 play drive, maybe that's not the time to go tempo. So a lot of that's what's going on in the game, Bobby. I, I would say one more thing to it, Jerry, that I would add. Um, and Tim just mentioned this. If they have good communication on the back end. Yeah. Okay. And the pre-step motion doesn't bother them. If, if Texas tries it once. And it doesn't bother them. Like last year, I've got to remember Alabama had 15 penalties. I okay. that's what I wanted to ask Tim. I forgot if, to ask him. If if they're a cleaner football team, like he's describing on defense with communication, the 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 quick game or the hurry up offense may not be as effective. No. And so it's all there's a little bit of cat and mouse game there between with the with the coaching staff. I think that Texas will absolutely try it at one point. Whether they continue on with it is a different story. Hey, Manuel Soto has a good question. 9.05 a.m. I think I remember starring that one. Maybe I didn't. Okay, give me one second here to find that. Uh... Oh, here we go. Yep, I did start. It was just he asked earlier, too. How concerned should we be that Sorrell couldn't get any pressure or sacks against a Rice offensive line heading into the Alabama game? So here's my, I, I haven't taken, I haven't watched snap the snap in the replay of this game. Um, I saw him lined up inside the tackle, head up on the tackle a lot in the Rice game, Bobby. I don't know on your rewatch if you did. I'm not sure that's how he plays against Alabama necessarily. I, I think Texas, that was more Texas holding a little back uh, with in regards to what Baron Sorrell is going to do. Uh, in some games this season. Ethan Burke lined up wide in a two-point stance in a more in a position to be an edge rusher. I didn't see Texas line Sorrell up in that situation scenario at, very often at all Saturday. I expect more of that against Bama. Bobby? I I think that I'm not concerned that Sorrell didn't get pressure. It's just who he is. I mean, he's more of a 
strong side defensive end. I don't think that he's going to not go the whole year without sacks. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. Um, he is the one that's supposed to set the edge on the wide side of the field. That's his primary job. Uh, so, you know, can he get sacks at times? Yes. I was, I was interested to see what they did on obvious passing downs with him. They didn't really utilize him as the rusher. They utilized Ethan Burke and kind of gave Sorrell more uh, uh, hemming guys in control, if that makes sense. He wasn't the actual rusher. They were making sure that he was keeping guys inside the inside the pocket. I, I'm not concerned at all. Uh, it's it's he, Baron Sorrell is not a super pass rusher. Let's be clear. Like he's not. That's not who he is. He is a strong side defensive end. Doesn't mean he can't be productive in pass rush. So it, it doesn't bother me necessarily. All right, let's stay on the defensive line topic for a minute. Uh, e. Kim says, do we see more four-man defensive line fronts with Alfred Collins being a larger edge against Bama? Depending on how the game goes, I, I think you do. Um, I, I think that's going to be key um, because Alabama is going to try to run the ball at Texas. And so, yes, I do. I do believe that will uh, be a big part of the game plan, but you have to be multiple. And then we have a question from Christopher Lyons, who says, with the deer sitting out due to heat factors and conditioning reasons, do you think we will see the deer help and spot some in the run game defense this week? He actually got into the game really late. Was it the last defensive possession, Bobby, for Sadir Mitchell? Yes, he played the last play. Yeah. The last play of the game, he did get into the game. So did B.J. Allen on that drive uh, or on that one play. Zach Swanson was in, uh, a couple other guys uh, as well. But so we actually look, did see one game. I think it was, I, I think it was Sadir as, as he continues to mature. I think you'll start to see him uh, play a little bit more. Uh, we're going to go back to some super chats. Jimmy Trevino again. Thank you, Jimmy. He says, excited to see our defense Saturday. Milro will turn the ball over. Let's win the turnover battle and field position game and see what happens. So thank you, Jimmy. And yeah. then we have another one from Texas Beats, and he says, uh, did this Rice game remind anyone of Arkansas versus Rice two years ago? They were up at halftime, and we didn't take Arkansas seriously, which was a mistake. I, I you know, I thought about that. Uh, in Arkansas, Arkansas was at Rice during at Rice during that game, though it wasn't in Fayetteville. Um, uh, so I, I, my my concern right now is I don't think Texas is going to take. Texas may have been taking Arkansas too lightly. They certainly were not taking Alabama too lightly. So I, I don't know that I see that similarity. Uh, I do believe that Texas can play much, much better than what they did on Saturday. Um, and to see Steve Sarkisian's point, it starts with physicality up front. I'm so, I mean, guys, of all the things that we've said today, the thing that I really believe is if they're going to make changes on the front line, it's going to be in favor of physicality against Alabama. So is that DJ, Neto, what does that mean? Uh, that's that's the thing that I'm, I'm very, very interested in uh, to hearing uh, and seeing what transpires the rest of this week. Somebody's asking, do, do you believe Texas will see more than one QB against Bama? That depends on how Milrow plays. If he plays well, then no. There you go. Okay, and then along that same line, if I can find the question. Uh, oh, no, I had it. 
Okay, here we go. So uh, along the same lines, Ted Pair one says, if our O-line struggles, do we see Malik, not because Quinn, but just because Malik is one large stout dude and can take hits, whereas Quinn was limping first a while after multiple hits? Uh, I, I don't know that. I mean, I, I don't know. If if our O-line struggles, I don't know that you see Quinn, uh, other than if Quinn is is starting to bail too soon. Uh, I I don't know if you see Malik unless Quinn is just bailing too soon. Um, Malik certainly is. A, <laughs> I you know every time you see him, if you if you didn't see the game on Saturday, he just is a bigger quarterback than than the normal human. Uh, so I can see what you're getting at, but I, I don't think that that's the the that's what it's predicated on. I think it'll be if Quinn throws four interceptions, if Quinn just. Uh, goes into the fetal position it, when the pocket is actually there. You know what I mean? It's right. If, if the if the offensive line is getting a free give not not blocking, they're not going to change out Quinn. If the offensive line is blocking and Quinn's not productive, that's a different story. That's when you see a quarterback change. Okay, we've had a lot of uh, questions regarding AD Mitchell and blocking or lack thereof. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about that jerry c says are you guys concerned with ad mitchell's blocking um it's kind of like to me a little bit like the offensive line against rice it's a great week for chris jackson to coach ad mitchell on blocking he didn't he was not as physical as he needed to be blocking um but that's a great week for these guys to coach headed into bama i don't think we have to worry about ad mitchell's physicality against alabama um now I could be wrong, but I just don't think that I don't think this is the game you have to worry about that coming off the rice game. If Texas doesn't show up physically at every position Saturday, they have issues. Got it. Got it. You got to Alabama's going to punch you in the mouth. You got to punch back. Yeah. All there is to it. If you if you go into that game thinking you're going to outsmart them and outwit them, you may get you may get a touchdown from that. But if you're not matching physicality with them, you're going to lose by 25 to 30. I just that that's Alabama. That's who they are. They have the, they have the guys to do that to you. And then let's talk about one other receiver real quick. Woodcrest says, should we use Nayor's big frame to draw a PI on deep balls versus Bama secondary? Well, they got to call it. I mean, AD Mitchell and Worthy got interfered <laughs> with and wasn't called Saturday. Um, true. So true. It, you know, no, I look. This is a game where Zay, look, AD Mitchell was brought to Texas because he, I, I wrote this inside Texas today. It's my five players to watch. The guy's made big plays in every big game he's played in. He has four touchdown catches in four college football playoff games. That this guy was brought to Texas for these games, aside along with his talent. It, him and Worthy have to play like NFL wide receivers Saturday on the road. Bottom line, if the ball comes their way, they have to make plays on the ball. Um, and I thought Worthy did a great job Saturday. I thought Worthy's best play was, one, the catch they said wasn't a catch, which I don't think any of us agree with. And then, two, the deep ball where he that was underthrown where he got interfered with, but he went over the back of the Rice player and got both hands on it. I don't think he makes that play last year. I think that's a great play on tape for NFL scouts to see his improvement from last year to this year. Those guys are going to be the ones, uh, and JT Sanders, uh, that the ball is going to go to in, in those situations. 
Okay, and then we got time for just a couple more questions, guys. This one from Burt Reynolds. He says, <laughs> what run pass approaches will be more effective with our offensive line struggling against simulated pressures, Amoeba, like Rod says? Um, getting the ball out quickly, RPOs. That's that's really what happens. That's that's what worked against Rice, if you want to get down to it. Um, and so RPO game is big. Uh, and Burt Reynolds, a Eastbound and down. That's where <laughs> that's where, that's where people are going to get and be getting uh, going to Tuscaloosa either on I ten or I twenty over to Alabama this weekend. So uh, uh, my thought is RPO game has to be heavy against Alabama to move the ball early, especially pick and choose. After that first half, heavy heavy RPO. Hopefully. All right. Let's see. We'll go about three more questions, guys. Uh, let's. The, real quick, we've had also had a couple of questions on a Koye. Jerry, so can you give us an update, anything that you're hearing? Yeah, I'm close to putting in an RPM for OU there. Um, Mom made the official visit to Oklahoma, um, and we'll see. He's scheduled to be at Texas on the 16th. We'll see if that happens. There you go. And then, no, no update on this shoulder injury either, by the way, from me. And then uh, also on recruiting, is Texas pushing for Joshua Lair? And is Arch traveling to Tuscaloosa with the team? Abs Arch is absolutely traveling to Tuscaloosa. Um, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go see Josh Lair Thursday. So we'll we'll get a little more on that. He's still scheduled to visit Washington for the Oregon game, I believe. Um, but uh, Texas is in contact daily with Josh Lair. Okay, guys. Elaine Roker, what does a win on Saturday That's a great Texas question. Nationally? I'm glad you saved this for late. This is a great question. I, and I saw that question. I wanted to address it. Um, it puts Texas on, it would put Texas on a different stratosphere with respect for Steve Sarkeesian as the head coach at Texas and the trajectory of the program. That doesn't mean if Texas loses this game, but they play well, a close loss, and they go on and win 10 games, that Texas isn't on a great trajectory. But this takes you to a different stratosphere. Um, this takes you, you know, we stopped caring about talking about Brett Yormark and his idiotic comments because it don't matter anymore. <laughs> I mean, from a recruiting perspective, uh, I mean, Alabama's going to have 150 kids there and they're all guys you want to recruit. Does this win mean you're going to go get the best player out of Alabama? It does not. Texas has KJ Lacey committed. It does not. But what I can tell you is if Texas, the timing could not be better for Texas. That's why I think it's such a great opportunity. If you could go in and win in Tuscaloosa the year before you move into the SEC and Texas staff is built to recruit from Louisiana East, how much that does for your program in future years, I'm not sure we can even say right now. Now, as Rod Babers would say, you can't let this be the only win of the season. If you beat Alabama, now you got to go finish the job and go win those 10 games. You can't go in the tank or something crazy after that. But it's can't a, do what they did after Notre Dame win. There you go. But this would take Texas to another level. All right, guys. This is going to be the last question of today. It's from David Rawls, and he wants y'all's predictions on players of the game for the Texas-Alabama game for Texas. And we'll do one on offense, one on defense. I'll go first. Um, offense is going to be uh, Xavier Worthy. Uh, I think that he's the guy that Texas has to have kind of star out. They have to be surprised a little bit with his speed and ability to get open, and Quinn Ewers has to hit him. But Xavier Worthy would be on offense. On defense, uh, a little bit different. I'm going Jalen Catalan. Me too. Uh, 
he he has an ability to understand where the ball is going before it's thrown, where the play is going before it's before it happens. He needs to he needs to create a turnover in this game somehow, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. some way. Texas needs to get one or two turnovers in this game. They have to. I'm going JT Fields, whatever. JT Sanders on offense because I think that Alabama linebackers can be attacked. But I agree with Bobby. It's got to be one of those two guys. I think A.D. Mitchell can make the big play. Uh, but I think Alabama's linebackers can be attacked. Um, I go with Catalan as well. And, and here's why I go with Catalan. I thought LSU putting Harold Perkins as a spy on Jordan Travis took away their best rusher. And people have said, who could would you spy on Jalen Milrow? And you're going to change things up, right? And you're going to be multiple. But in those instances when you do, and a lot of people said Anthony Hill, don't take away his downfield ability. Don't make him be a thinker. Let him be a pl the player he is. Some people say Jalen Ford. Then you're taking away a great, great linebacker in coverage that can cover for other people's mistakes. I think Catalan's so instinctive, and he's such a smart player that he's a great pick to spy Milrow a little bit in this game. I, I think they've got to run on defense, Jerry. I think Tim was right. I think you got to run the little umbrella stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you're you got to keep people at home. You can't turn your back on Jalen Milrow. The yeah. minute you do is the minute you're inviting a, a, a an explosive play. So because he breaks one tackle and Tim's right, he is a big dude. He breaks one tackle. Thirty yards later, you may be you may be getting him out of bounds, or he's hitting his head on the goalpost. I've done that. You don't want to do that at hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody threw me, but it doesn't matter. It still hurts. <laughs> hey, Blake, if that was the last question, I want to say a couple things real quick. Said Baxter returned to practice, just to uh, reiterate. Said Baxter returned to practice yesterday. Uh, uh, Steve Sarkeesian uh, addressed the lack of physicality uh, from his offensive line in yesterday's press conference. Uh, reportedly, Texas uh, thinking about uh, maybe making some changes on that front. We'll have to wait and see what happens on Saturday. Uh, Bama has two starters questionable uh, for the game uh, as well. Uh, those are both in the secondary, Malachi Moore and Jalen Key, two starters. Uh, one last thing, Vegas right now still has Alabama favored by seven on Saturday. Uh, so I lied about that being the last question because oh. the Super Chat came in. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we got, we're going to do the Super Chat, guys. Football Junkie, thank you for the Super Chat. He says, uh, you think we saved some defensive calls slash fronts for Bama that we didn't show against Rice? I don't think they were worried about JT Daniels getting out of the pocket. So yes, no question. No I, question. I don't. I don't think they did. I don't think there's any question. I don't. I didn't see any exotic blitzes. I saw linebackers go up the middle. That's that was. I didn't see any kind of exotic blitz or anything like that. And again, we may not see that against Bama though, because of the type of quarterback Milrow is. Like Bobby and Tim said, more of that umbrella defense. Um but you'll see more as the season moves along for sure. Because like Bobby said, JT Daniels is a pocket guy whose mobility laterally doesn't exist. So you're going to blitz him up the middle, power rush up the middle. I think All they're right. going to make, I, I, Pete Kwiatkowski may go back to what he did last year and make people make Jalen Milrow, who's, you know, is, is a good thrower of the football, but not, I mean, he's not, He's not Colt McCoy where he can kind of nitpick you to death, right? Correct. Make Jalen Mil Milrow try to nitpick you to death as opposed to letting him get away with the big play.
Okay, guys. Well, Bobby, before we leave, why don't you let everybody know what you got coming down the pipe today? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it, later today, Jerry and um, Jerry and uh, Justin Wells go uh, big with the recruiting breakdown. A uh, lot of news coming out. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Zena Umiozulu as well as some other uh, players still out there. Jerry just mentioned Josh Lair, uh, but also uh, uh, Brandon Baker, the big offensive lineman out of Santa Ana Modern Day, as well as uh, the uh, receivers, Ryan Wingo. Uh, and uh, Micah Hudson. Uh, then uh, later this evening, Rod Babers, uh, former Longhorn, is back with Jerry and I for the Longhorn live stream. Uh, Rod's got some things he wants to talk about as it relates uh, to the Texas offense and uh, the front of the Texas defense. So we'll, we'll talk about those later tonight as well. Okay, then don't forget you can head on over to InsideTexas.com for all around-the-clock news coverage. A dollar for two months using promo code OTFIT23. So that's for new members only. If you're an existing member, that promo does not apply to you, unfortunately. But new members, check it out at InsideTexas.com. Promo code OTFIT23 will get you a dollar for two months. And like I said, the greatest, latest and greatest news coming out, you got to head over to Inside Texas. Hey, guys, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. We would appreciate it. Ring the bell so you can be notified anytime videos like the two others that are coming up today uh, are posted. It will let you know. So be sure to do that. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of Coffee and Football. For Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome.